Hello, I'm Caroline Carey. I'm a soul worker and soul doula. I have a deep understanding of the soul's journey from cradle to grave, and I've traveled between the veils of the spirit realms. I've studied the path it evokes, and I've come to understand why the majority of today's problems are rooted in the loss of spirituality. So my work, which is Middle Earth Medicine Ways, empowers people to find what is lost and to reclaim their own circle of strength by embodying their soul. And I do this by holding a space for healing and soul retrieval with shamanic skills, trance and conscious dance. I love creative writing and poetry. Please join me in listening to these wonderful teachers and soul workers, the facilitators and the guides of spiritual and shamanic work. They all have something very important to share and are a great gift to our communities. I've learned a lot from listening to them. I invite you to also. Hi podcasters, Caroline here with my Soul Purpose podcast. There's been some really interesting people sharing on here of late. One person that I'd like to introduce you to is Anne Helgren. Anne is a relationship coach. She has a story to share, a powerful story of her own realizations and connections in relationship. She's a mother and uh, she works in depth with people to help them realize their potential within relationship and to to understand the self-love that they might need to experience in order to ensure they don't fall into the old patterns of inviting in unhealthy relationships into their life. So have a listen to Anne, let me know any thoughts you have around this subject. It's a, a difficult subject for many, certainly something that I've experienced during my lifetime, my, my adulthood, when I was very young, having difficult relationships uh, that I feel now I've overcome and I'm in a beautiful relationship now. But it's been quite a journey. So have a bit of time with Anne and let me know what you think. So Anne Helgren. Lovely to have you here with me today. We're going to talk about your soul purpose and what you do and why you do it and how it came to be about. So share a little bit with me just now about yourself, your body of work and what it means to you today to be offering it. Sure. Thank you so much, Caroline, for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it and uh, really excited to be here today. So um, I am Anne Helgren. I am a relationship coach, a podcast host as well. And I'm really passionate about helping people live more authentically, happily, passionately in their relationships. And I find that it's very hard to do this if you have not worked on yourself enough to find out how you are turning up in the relationship, how you're communicating and loads of other factors. But I, fundamentally what I believe is, is to be able to find the love 
that you want and maintain it, it starts with yourself. So um, what I do is I work with my clients on um, five key different areas. I work with them to improve their confidence and self-worth. I help them improve their communication skills. I help them get clarity on who they are. Again, this is a really huge one because if you don't know who you are, it's very hard to know what you want and who you want to be with in a relationship. And it can be a relationship about yourself, isn't it? Like a relationship with yourself and turning up authentically. Um, and so the other things as well that we looked at is a changed mindset. So people actually make the shifts that they need. So if, for example, they have issues with boundaries, they actually enforce boundaries better and um, create healthier boundaries for themselves um, as well. And um, so how I came to in this line of work is <laughs> through a lot of life experience, to be honest. Um, I grew up in a culture that was, um, so I'm Kenyan, uh, my back background is Kenyan. And I grew up in a culture that almost normalized domestic violence. I grew up seeing it around me. I grew up seeing my household, um, friends, families, like I'm talking about like grownups now, right? Uh, and it was such a normal thing. You'd hear grownups or women specifically, and even men, quite frankly, talk about it like it was absolutely nothing. Like it was just the way women were, quote unquote, disciplined or punished, you know. And if it was a slap, you'd hear people say, oh, I was lucky. I just got a slap. It wasn't that bad, you know. And then you'd find situations where it was obviously way more violent than that. and then. Um, you know, that was another case, but then there was always that excuse of like, oh, well, these things happen. So it was so normalized. It was just really messed up, quite frankly. But that, you know, you, you programmed as a child to see that. And then to make matters worse, we I grew up at a time where uh, teachers, parents, aunties, neighbors, anyone was allowed to physically beat a child in the name of discipline as well. <laughs> so... We were beaten in school with sticks. We were told to go get your own stick. And if you got a small one, they would beat you with it until it broke and tell you, now go get a proper one. With water, for like hose pipes, water hose pipes. I remember, like, I can't remember how many times I came home with bruises all over my body from school because the teacher had, like, beaten us. And it wasn't just me. It was, again, normalized violence. Normalized violence. And, um, you know, if you did, if you were caught doing something as a child, you know, you're caught misbehaving or quote unquote being rude. And I can tell you for sure, when I say being rude or misbehaving, it is nothing like we see these days. You know, it's a simple little error. And the neighbor would like beat you for that. And you wouldn't go and tell your parents. Because if you told your parents, they would say, why did they beat you? They beat you because you're misbehaving. And then you're beaten again. So you just kept it to yourself. Um, so yeah, very kind of, you know, looking back at it, uh, I I'm, I wouldn't say I'm traumatized by it, Carolyn. And, um, and that's just the honest truth. As messed up as it sounds, I was not physically traumatized by the beating I received as a child. And I think here's the interesting thing. I think I was more traumatized by the programming I received 
that it was okay to receive that kind of violence. So this is um, where I'm talking about my upbringing and what I do. So that was a bit of a long introduction of that. And then I, I went on to go from one abusive relationship to another um, when I was in my, when I was about 18, 17, 18, I went through a, a really abusive relationship. He um, would punch me like a punching bag. I, he threatened me so much. I was actually completely fearful of my life if I did leave him. He would stalk me at work, stalk me at home, um, completely like brainwashed me anyway. I wasn't going through a really good time with uh, with my parents' relationships. That didn't help either. I think I was seeking something. And because I had so much work I had to do on myself, anything that slightly remotely looked like love, which it did in the beginning, and then quickly turned into violence, um, I would kind of like run towards it. Mm -hmm. oh, so that's kind of like, yeah. Such heart-wrenching story, Anne. I mean, it really, it chills one to the bone to think of little children and to think of you having to, yeah, just be in those kind of situations growing up and what that does for your self-esteem, for your education, for your well-being. Um, it's, it's, it's awful to, to hear that um, and to know that it goes on and that it goes on for so many children. Yeah, I think very fortunately, they, they, the government has put a ban several years ago now in, in Kenya on um, that kind of corporate punishment on children in schools. Not at home, though. Uh, I mean, if it does get very violent, of course, the police will step in. But I mean, smacking your children or hitting them is not a crime. Um, yeah, it depends on the severity of it, but it, it's not, yeah. Uh, it's something you do <laughs> oh it, it, it's it's awful 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 um gosh you know so you know it's interesting that you talk about the trauma and how that you don't feel that you were traumatized by that i i expect you became quite resilient to it that it because it was so normalized because it was so much part of your life um it, it was it was just ordinary way of living this is what everybody did and there's a kind of acceptance there of that isn't there somehow in the child's mind and mm. therefore it's the it's you know what is where is the trauma being felt where is the soul loss here um what is actually really going on in the heart and mind of this little one um so you know you've gone on to create a body of work, a way of helping others because of your understanding of what people are missing in their lives because of some of the treatment. And I imagine that some people who come to you probably um, don't have anything of the pain and suffering that you had in those days. You know, just we have difficulty with relationship in our cultures. Um, there are still stories of women being beaten and hurt emotionally blackmailed all those sorts of things sexual abuse in women and in children and this isn't just men of course 
uh, sorry, this isn't just women, of course, this is men as well and boys. We're yes. not talking about women here, are we? So, you know, what was it that turned you around to think, I want to make a change here. I want to make a difference to other people's lives and relationships. So I, th I think for me, the penny kind of dropped when um, in 2014, no, sorry, 2018, um, I was married then. I had uh, a daughter who was four years old and my son was four months old. And I separated from um, my now ex-husband. And when that happened, I was on maternity leave. I knew I'd be on maternity leave for quite a while. My son was only four months old. And uh, it gave me a lot of time to think. And if I'm quite honest, Caroline, as well, I think part of it was a bit of a survival instinct. I told myself, you know, and it was it was an unhappy marriage for a long time. I think there's not no one that around us or himself could deny that fact. We were just not suited for each other. It started off well, but we're not suited for each other. We're very fundamentally different people. And it just became a toxic relationship, uh, which with uh, what I felt was very controlling, very um, manipulative. But with time, it just got too much. And I'm looking back as well, you know, talking about patterns of how I was growing up. And I can identify a lot of things that were pro programmed in me. And it's interesting when you talked about the trauma, that despite not feeling like I was traumatized, I was programmed nonetheless. I was programmed to accept certain behavior as normal, even when it clearly is not normal. You know, it's not normal to put a curfew on your wife. You have to be home by midnight or hell, all hell breaks loose. It's not normal to um, try and control who you can and cannot be friends with as a grown person. Uh, for no other reason that you know nothing ever happened just for the sake of control basically so when we went uh when we decided to to separate from each other i decided to take this time to work on myself and figure out why i had a pattern of dysfunctional dating why i had a pattern of staying in relationships or attracting people that had um, either the, the physically abusive relationship that I talked about in my in my um, in my teens, um, or other relationships that I just felt were very controlling um, and unhealthy. Now I'm not saying that all my relationships were like that. Not at all. You know, I was in a very my first love was in a very very loving relationship, and you know, um, it's it was absolutely fantastic. So I was not saying all my relationships were like that. But nonetheless, when I went into this separation mode with my um, ex-husband, I decided if I don't do something to figure out why I have these patterns or what's going on within me, because I seem to be the common denominator here. And I think that was a key factor. I am the common denominator of all these dysfunctional people, I've, relationships that I've brought into my life. And also, um, you know, you know, I, I was just like, if I don't do something for myself and keep my mind busy, I was honestly afraid of getting into postnatal depression. Now I know it's not something you choose. It's, you know, it happens even if you're not going through a divorce or hardship, but I was just mindful that I had a four month old baby and I had a four year old, uh, child as well. 
So during that process, at this point, by the way, uh, I was already trained as a, I'd already left the corporate world after 14 years. I was already trained as an NLP coach, timeline therapist. So I already understood the value of personal development and working on myself. But then this took me to focus more on the relationship aspect. And that's why I then got into relationship coaching because after a lot of work around that particular part of my life and in particular my relationships and not just general life coaching, I, I realized that there are a lot of women out there who are going through what I was going through but we're going through it in silence because once again, it was normalized. I'll give you an example, Caroline. I, I cannot tell you the amount of times I would complain about something in my marriage. And I was just told, well, you know, that's the way it is. Oh, well, you know, that's just, the, that's just the way, you know, this group of people are. Oh, that's just the way men are. You just have to be more submissive. Just be more submissive and things will work out. Just cut off those friends. At the end of the day, all that matters is that you have your husband. That's all that matters is that you have a husband and you take care of your children. And when your children are grown up and left the house and you can do what you want with your life. I mean, how dysfunctional is that? <laughs> so I was like, I'm not the only one. I know the other women listening to this from all different cultures across the world, not just the African culture, by the way. I know there's women from all sorts of uh, social economic backgrounds, educational backgrounds, like the whole spectrum, um, when it came to this submissiveness, right? And when, as you say, when it comes to the abuse, we know that it happens to anybody. Um, mm. But I, from my understanding, I don't think men are told to be more submissive and are told it's okay, it's normal for a woman to, you know, you know to like just shut up and put up kind of thing. But anyway, that's my experience. So that's where it all came from. And that's why I decided if I can get out of that, despite the situation and come out stronger and happier and healthier and more empowered, I want to help more women do that because I know that there are people who are going through this and way too many in silence. It's a really courageous decision to make that you want to help others knowing that you're going to be faced with some of your own history and, and stories coming from these people. And what 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 kind of uh, women come to you? And is it mostly women or do you have men coming to you as well? Yes, I, I do have both women and men. And it's okay. interesting you say that. In the beginning, I started off marketing myself as a coach for women. And then COVID hit and I got so many men approaching me. That's so that was an interesting mm -hmm. insight that, you know, yeah, men have been suffering in silence too. Do you think they suffer more in silence in a way? They don't have the friendships that women might have where they can, even if they are being told that it's normal, do, you know, do men speak about these things? I don't think they speak about it to their friends as openly as we do, unfortunately. I think that they feel um, there's, this, there's a culture of men um, or like a, yeah, there's, there's a culture in men in general, no matter where you're from. There's a culture in, in men to be like, oh, just toughen up or just, and it's so I hate that word, quite frankly, as I say, but I'm lacking another way of expressing it. Um, and so you just kind of bottle up your feelings because then you feel like you don't want to be seen as complaining or moaning or you're not strong because you're complaining about a certain thing in your relationship. Or if you do, 
then you you do it in a way that is very selective with your words. You don't actually, you know, get what you need to get off your chest. You just say, like, oh, dude, you know what? I'm having a bit of issues at home. I just need to step out from the house. Can I come over? And they go over, they have a couple of beers, watch a football, no one says anything about what's going on. And then, okay, thanks, bye. And, you know, they go back home. But that's not really releasing. Of course, of course. So what do you encourage women who are in very difficult relationships to do? Because you talk about, to begin with, you had to look at yourself. Yes. And we do have to do that level of work, don't we? It's no good just pointing the finger and blaming the other person and saying, well, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're a bad person. But we have to recognize that we put ourselves into some of these relationships for whatever reason it is. We don't see it coming here. We're kind of blind to it to begin with. So yes. you say to these people when they first come to you and are really looking for that, um, you know, the first steps, if you like. Sure. Well, first, one of the first things I uh, work with them to identify is where it comes from and why they have the behavior that they have. Uh, understanding that usually gives a lot of light into their behaviors, you know. Um, so I think once you get to the root of that, then you get to understand why you're behaving the way you're behaving, what needs to change, what areas, um, and then also understanding, okay, so we know we you have this behavior, we know why you have it, what would your ideal self look like instead? Nice. Yeah, and getting a very clear picture on that, getting a very clear picture on their wants and their needs because a lot of time I find Caroline that people confuse their wants and their needs and they you know they create this list of what they want in a partner but they've never taken time to understand that their wants and their needs are different and so I, I break it down this way um, when you write a list of things that you want in a partner and by the way this is also what this is more so from your partner Ask yourself, what is it on that list that I do not want to compromise on? And if I compromise on it, I know I'm going to be miserable. And those are your needs. And, you know, kind of like circle them, highlight them, whatever. Identify what you really need. And if it's not there, you're not going to be happy. And then the rest can be things like, you know, um, so I'll give you an example. For me, uh, I need someone who is intellectual. Um, otherwise I will get bored very easily. Um, you know, they don't, and then there's other things that if they have it nice, if they don't, you know, doesn't, doesn't make a difference. You know, if, mm. I like some of the bit of a silly humor, <laughs> if they don't have it, no problem. It's not the end of the world, but sure. so that's more of a want, you see? So, um, getting that clarity, uh, for what they want in a relationship, but also getting clarity for themselves, who they are authentically. And this is a huge one, actually, because, you know, talking about the programming that I had as a child with the violence and what is acceptable, what is normal, I realized that um, I was identifying myself or accepting things for myself that had nothing to do with what I authentically believed in. This was culture that was not... I, I don't, don't authentically believe that I should be submissive. And um, if, if, if there are people out there listening to this and they think that 
you know, the Bible says you should submit to your submissive and, you know, their cultures. That's fine. If that feels authentically good for you, you know, do you? <laughs> but my point here is if something does not sit right with your soul, then you need to question whether you're following it based on religious, cultural norms, parental upbringing, and find what is true for your soul mm. on an authentic mm. level. Yeah, yeah, it's a powerful message. So, you know, it's it's finding out, do, do we even know what we want? Hey, I mean, for some, we don't actually know because the, the norm is so in our face. We might have been brought up and conditioned and, you know, as you say, this is, this is the norm. This, this is what I'm here to be like, to be like my mother, my grandmother, and to carry that on in relationships. And I know in, in our culture, quite often women have not been encouraged to go to work. They, you know, they might be encouraged to stay at home and look after the children and never even think about a career. That's one area of that. Or it's always the woman that gets up from the table and puts the dishes in the sink or starts the washing up or cooks the meal or does the laundry. You know, we don't address some of these things and go, hey, is that is that right? Is is it OK that I'm always the one that does that thing? You're just those little things. And so then we, we need to start looking at, well, how do I change that action? Can I have a heart to heart with my husband and say or my partner and actually say, well, you know, can we talk about this? Would it be OK if we alternate? The days of the week that we we do some of these jobs can you do your own laundry for example you know it and that is you know that is something that we might not even consider that it could be possible to change those roles in that way so that women have more freedom in the workplace and, and yeah. you know at some point are earning the same amount of money as men which still is is you know the gender gap between our earnings even is creating disharmony in relationship and in our community. So there are so many things to look at that we might not even be considering because it is just our programming, as you say. So there is there is a, a point of taking some kind of action, isn't there? To sort mm. of question something, to see the information, to see where it's come from, but then what's the action I'm gonna take in order to change this for myself? And am I going to be heard in that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what are the actions that you encourage your your clients to take? I just uh, just before I answer that as well, I just feel um, I just have to say as well, Caroline. That's why I love your podcast so much. You know, just in what we're talking about, encouraging people to authentically look for their soul purpose is such a huge thing. Like not going through life on this version that is not truly you or that is not fulfilling your sole purpose is mm -hmm. not fulfilling your journey it's not fulfilling your true happiness mm -hmm. and really getting people to come out of that whole programming and this is how I was I should do this because of this and because of that um so I just wanted to say that I absolutely love your your podcast for Thank that you. reason Thank I think <laughs> more people need to really look at you know what what are you here for on earth whether you believe in god or the universe or nothing at all just 
you know, I don't, I don't think we were created by whoever you believe is your creator just to exist as according to somebody else's version of who you should be. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But just to go back to your, your question on um, how do I um, help them? So sorry, just repeat that question. No, it's more about the actions. What actions would you say? So say, say your client comes to you and they're having a difficult time in their relationship. You're going to help them to see what it is that's going on in their life and to maybe look at the programming. But then there's that point, isn't there, where something has to change. So action has to be made. And that's that's always the hard bit, isn't it? It's like, yeah, I, I get that this isn't healthy in my relationship, but what am I going to do about it? And for mm -hmm. a lot of women, particularly, I think, you know, to speak out about things where they've been silenced for years mm -hmm. uh, is scary because they don't know what the outcome of that's going to be or the consequences of that's going to be, especially mm -hmm. if you're in a violent relationship, which personally, I think just get out if you're in a violent relationship, hey? And I'm sure Absolutely. you do say that to women. You don't stay in violent relationships. You know, get the support, leave. But if you're in one where there's some emotional, um, you know, bullying or anything like that, where you think you you have got the possibility of changing somebody's attitude or towards you or how you stand up for yourself in that, you've got to take an action, hey? Yeah, absolutely. And I think to help people take the action, it starts with their mindset. Because as you know, People who have gone through this kind of uh, unhealthy, toxic, dis dysfunctional, abusive relationships, because of the programming, it's very hard for them to leave. Even if there's something in, within them that goes, I'm not happy, but I don't know why I can't leave or I leave and I go back. Mm. And from my point of view, it all starts with your mindset. And so what I do is I help them gain a strong sense of self-worth that they fundamentally start to understand that I cannot be treated like this. I'm worth better than this. Mm. I deserve better than this. Because until they really get that to the core of who they are, they're gonna leave and then come back. And for me, as you know, as I said about, there's confidence where you can, I, I feel confidence is affected more by outer circumstances. And I think self-worth is where you really believe it within your, your, your spirit, your soul, you believe that I am better than this. I'm worth more than this. So that's one of the things we work on. I also help them with um, their communication. So being able to put boundaries in place, being able to understand that when you, you what, what you say to yourself as well matters, you know, the self-talk. A lot of this situations people have been told certain things to try and brainwash them to, to be able to control them to keep them down to abuse them they come back etc as you know there's a lot of brainwashing around mm. dysfunctional relationships even if it's not actual like narcissistic brainwashing context but just enough microaggressions for someone who doesn't have the confidence to believe what they're being told by their partner mm. even if it's small things digs here and there how oh what are you going to do without me oh aren't you glad you have me what would you do without me you know those kind of things that not even necessarily very direct but with over time can have an effect so kind of reprogramming their mind and I think so this comes into the mindset work as well um, that I talked about so the changed mindset and I think until you've changed 
the way they think and value themselves and feel about themselves and love themselves, they are not going to take the action that they need. And that's a lesson I had to, to painfully learn a couple of times, but it was so worth the lesson when I learned to love myself enough and understand that I don't deserve to be treated in that manner. I don't deserve to go through life like that. So it was really, the action was getting them to work on their mindset really um, as a whole. So you know, exercises, you know, that we do together. Um, I also do a timeline therapy as well. So, you know, when you feel like there is a need to serve your client with that, you know that there is some something that deeper that needs to be addressed as, as, a, as a child as well. So, so again, so it's some of the actions that we take together in the, in the sessions and some of the stuff as well that we do outside the sessions to help them continue building a strong mindset. Mm. Mm. So you must feel very confident in yourself now to have come through what you've come through, to have managed in the relationship, you know, bringing up your own children now. You mu there must be things that you can teach them from your own self-worth and know that, you know, my daughter's not going to experience this. I need to talk to her about what a healthy relationship is. Yeah. And, and what to avoid and what to look out for, but mostly to begin with a, a sense of self-esteem for herself would be the, you know, the key, would it, would it not just to ensure yeah. she doesn't end up in some of these situations because it's in the family. Hey, you know, yeah. she's, uh, she, she's, even if she's not witnessed any of that, oh. it's kind of there, isn't it? Sometimes in the, in the ancestral stories that we hold. So what do you say to her? What do we say to our daughters to ensure that, and our granddaughters to ensure, and, and you know, I, I like to say as well, you know, our boys, our young men and our yeah. grandsons, because, you know, I do think there's a lot of bullying that goes on with men as well. And yeah. young boys, so and not to leave that out, but, you know, what do we say to the children? Yeah, and it's a good point as well. And even to say to our boys that that behavior is not acceptable right so it's teaching both genders that that behavior is not acceptable from yourself or to, to to give it or to receive it um and i think just for me i'm very cautious of how much self-love my daughter experiences you know i'm very passionate i'm very not i'm very affectionate rather with my children so i physically show them um, that I love them but also being very well aware that I want them to also love themselves because I think that's a huge key thing that was missing for me so how do you teach your children to love themselves I think showing them uh, you know first of all physical love right that they are loved um, telling them that you love them because that's how they learn that they are lovable um praising them you know in in the right way so you know rather than just saying you're good but just saying you're good at and pay attention yes kids pick up rather you know they show you a picture and say oh yeah great it's like oh i love the way you colored in that hand or that dress you know and they're like oh yeah they are paying attention to the picture you know to spending time with them letting them know that they are valuable as 
human beings. And when you pay attention, be present, you know, be present with them. I've seen people go on holiday with their children and they go with, um, they go with their children and, you know, they're on their phone all the time, reading a book all the time. They're never in the pool with their kids. They just, they go for dinner. Like everyone, it's like, it's a family of four, but it's like, everyone's gone on their own holiday. They just gather together every now and then to eat or to go to buy the, to the pool. Like spend genuine, genuine time with your children. Let them know that you, and that's a big one. So I'm getting a bit like, oh, emotional because growing up as well is like one thing I really, my dad passed away um, several years when I was 16. Um, but one thing I always have a really clear memory of that I really valued is how much time he would give us, you know, despite the marriage and all of that, he was, he, how much time he would give to us as children. You know, the Monopoly games he taught us to play, the card games he taught us to play. And, you know, and he provided a comfortable life for us, but I can't you know, remember the material stuff. So for me, I'm very cautious of what adventures am I doing with my children? Like he used to love to travel. He was a foodie, you know, introduced us to all these things. Like what, in, in, what are you giving your children that is a memory rather than a thing? I think that's it. And nice. I like yeah. That. yeah, a memory rather than a thing. That's yeah. a great one. Yeah, it's so easy in today's society, isn't it, to just load our kids up with things. In, mm. And that's, of course, that's not love. That's not affection. That's not interest. And they want no. to be interested, don't they? So, yeah, where do you hope your work's going to go? What's your vision for the future? I would love to, um, I would love to have my own show, uh, perhaps on TV. And my vision, and I'm putting it out there in the universe. <laughs> um, my vision is I'd love to have something where I'm helping people on a larger scale. So the TV show is based on the concept that those who are, I'm coaching people, mm -hmm. but because I know even from the podcast and the work that I do, um, and especially from the podcast, actually in interviewing people on the podcast, how many people's stories is relatable to so many other people and it encourages other people to then step out of the shadow that they're living in and go oh my god i'm not the only one and then they reach out to me and they're like Anne, you know i listened to that episode of this you know guest that you had on there and she was speaking about or he was speaking about x y and z and it really hit home to me that i need to look close at my own relationship or i need to look close at my own relationship with my siblings even like how toxic that is for example so I'd love to be in a position where I'm doing that on a larger scale or perhaps and getting people to speak out more. I think I'm just so sick and tired of everything being kept so hush hush because people are like, oh, don't air your, your dirty laundry out in public. And what is the solution to mm. just suffer in silence? And, you know, I, it, it, it really breaks my heart. I don't know. I haven't mentioned this to you in the past, Caroline, but. You know, my brother committed suicide out of depression. So sorry. And, you know, we were talking about how men have problems and they don't talk mm. about it. Mm. This is something I'm really passionate about, like getting people to speak up more about the sadness, about the suffering that they're feeling and normalizing the conversations more, normalizing getting help yeah. and denormalizing abusive, toxic environments. Sure. Sure, really important. Absolutely, I'm 100% with you. 
on that one um, that we need to be speaking out and sharing our stories our experiences and our solutions hey and you're definitely a woman with solutions so we're going to put all the details about your website your podcast and how people can contact you in the books below this this one um is there anything in particular that you would like people to know? One of the things that I, I think of here is it's not that it's just intimate relationship, is it? It could be any relationship with anybody that like you talked about school teachers, you know, and, and the relationship you might have with people in authority. So, you know, it's, it's just starting with yourself, right? And, and whoever you're in relationship with, where there's discomfort or there's dysfunction, that needs to be addressed. Hey, it's got to come back to yourself. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, it, it's it's reaching out to all people. Nobody is is excluded from this. Hey, And also people who feel there's something wrong in their relationship, but they're not even sure what it is. Maybe there are people like that who say, well, I'm not I don't live with a violent partner. I don't have I'm not being emotionally blackmailed. I'm not having those sorts of problems, but there is something and it could be some conditioning that that works it's very very deep that is just to do with being manipulated or controlled in some way that you're not comfortable with that you, you can't quite put your finger on and you can help people i imagine with that sort of thing you start to identify what's really going on hey yeah exactly and it's really interesting you mentioned that as well because some as you said as well some people are not even can't pinpoint what it is but they know there is something yeah uh, and you mentioned this as well, and you know, ancestral DNA being passed on down from generations as well, and then maybe even something that happened as a child, and you don't realize what it was. Or, but I, I, I highly suggest, you know, for anyone listening, if you feel that something is not sitting right with you, whether you're a thinker and you, you can say something analyze the situation it's like it doesn't my thoughts are keeping me up at night you know or, or you're more of an emotional person and you feel like something in my gut tells me something is wrong or the spiritual my soul doesn't feel at peace whatever it is right you, your body tells you one way or the other whatever senses you're mm -hmm. using i think don't suffer in silence reach out speak to people you know Speak to your friends, speak to someone you trust and fundamentally knows has your best interest at heart. Sure. And that's a really important one. You trust and knows has your best interest at heart. Um, you can speak to a coach, a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever it is. But I, I just really ask people, urge people, even beg people sometimes in my situation, in my circle, like, please get some help. Yeah. You know, I might not be the right person to do it, perhaps because I'm too close to attach to the situation. I can help you as a friend, but please get some professional help. Sure. And professional help is often better than going to the family who are still in caught in that same story themselves anyway. So you're an yeah. ideal person for them to reach out to, aren't you? Um, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, we'll put all the details about you in, in the box below. And um, yeah, just... Give me one more message for your, although I think you've said everything really, and it's wonderful to hear you and to know where you've come from and how you are today blossoming in your own work. And you have a beautiful website with lots of great information on it. And, uh, you know, it's the one thing you'd just like to say to these listeners, if they, if they, if they, uh, you know, even if there is just some little 
part of me goes, I need to, I need this. I need to step forward. I need to make a change in my relationships. So, you know, what would you say to them? I would say the love that you want has to start with you. Beautiful. And and part of that starting with you is to start to reach out eh? and not be in isolation with it. Exactly. It has to start with you mm. working on yourself, loving yourself. Mm. And if you're struggling with that, you can reach out and get help with that. Beautiful. But, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Anne. I really appreciated talking to you and hearing a bit more about your own struggles and, and story and how you've turned that around and found this amazing solution for so many people in the world. And I really wish you well with it and that you go on to, to, to be heard by so many others and that your story is spread out into the world in a beautiful way. I hope you get that TV show because I think it would be absolutely incredible. So good luck with that. Good luck with all of your work. You're a real thank blessing. You. Oh, thank you so much, Caroline. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be on this podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. So please do connect to Anne if you've got any inquiries on this subject. If there's more you'd like to know, you can visit her website. I will put all her details in the box below. And uh, yeah, if you need more information, do get in touch with me. Thank you to Anne Helgren, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Repeatly, exhale softly, no broken words told, just the truth that need be. Thank you so much for listening right to the end. I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And remember, you can be in touch with myself or this speaker. My website is middleearthmedicine.com. We have a wonderful membership platform that you can join for just £5 a month. And we have lots of recordings and interesting information that we can share with you there, plus meeting online with regular groups. You can also find the details of our speaker in the box below with their links, their websites, and a little bit of information about them. Thank you for joining me and being part of this Middle Earth Medicine community. I hope you'll listen to our next show. Please follow, share, like, whatever you can do to help this community to grow. We really appreciate you. Thank you.